You're listening to Legends of Thra, a new podcast from Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal Podcast. Welcome to Legends of Thra. I am your host, Jamie Prater, and I'm joined by my co-host, James Reedy, and uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing, James? Oh, good, thank you. How are you? I'm well. It's just another day in sunny California. It's a little bit colder today. Colder means for those of you in the UK, it's like 18 degrees. For those of us in the US, it's like 65 right now, which isn't too bad, but it's a little bit cold for Californians. So, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah, for like us, it's like 18 is still like shorts and t shirt weather. <laughs> What's the temperature there? Oh, it's like 12. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah it's like it's been so gray today. It's just raining. That's chilly. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, well, I, yeah, I will be bringing I will be bringing an umbrella with me the next time I come that hopefully I will use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Donate to, to, to Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, today we are here. Uh, it's been a while. I feel like it's probably been two months or so since we've we've uh, recorded. And for those of you who don't know, I went in, to England for two weeks. I stayed with James for the most of that time, or for most of that time. I stayed with our friend Rob for about five or six days. We had a really great time. I turned him into a Phantom of the Opera obsessive fan, which I'm very proud of. We had a wonderful time together. I was hoping maybe we could record an episode there, but it just didn't work out, which was fine. We did so much when you were here. Like, oh, we did. Like, oh, we've got, we've got to record an episode. And then I was just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> I just, I don't think we had the energy to do it. Yeah, we didn't. Um, like we, went, like, like we went to Oxford, we went to Cambridge. Yeah. What else did we do, James? That was pretty amazing. That was unexpected. Oh, we had to oh. Talk about that. Should we? I'm sure we can. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> I still can't believe we did it. Uh, we met up with uh, Louis Leteria. We did. Uh, the director of Age the director. Resistance. Yeah. Which was. It was just amazing. I still can't believe amazing. that that yeah. even happened. It yeah. was so spur of the moment, but it was just oh, was, I, and, and thank you to Louis for inviting us because it was just it was just incredible. Like yeah, we got was... we got the opportunity to see him like work, like you know, filming and editing and stuff, and it was just yeah, it was just incredible, absolutely incredible experience. So yeah, we met up with Louis Leterrier and we were on the set of Fast and Furious 10 and it was really amazing. Are we allowed to talk about that bit? I'm sure we are. He didn't say we couldn't tell people. I mean, people are on set every day. Um, oh, okay, we okay, okay. couldn't oh, talk. Okay. What we can't talk about is what <laughs> we saw. Know. I don't know what I, talk, I, don't know what I can say. <laughs> what we can't talk about is what we saw. And, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. Because we saw a lot, but it was just really great. Even though we can't really go into detail on what we saw, we spent eight hours, right? Were we there for eight hours? That was like, boom. That felt yeah. like two hours. Also yeah. felt like forever. And we walked around. We did see the sets for Fantastic Beasts. We saw the sets for House of the Dragon. And yep. um, we had a really, really wonderful time. And it was very, I can't even, I still, I pinched myself. It was great. Yeah, because it's kind of like, um, it was just an. It, uh, it's one of those experiences where you. It's like, there's nothing you can buy. You know what I mean. It's just. It's just. You know. You have to be invited on. Yeah. And um, I was just. It was just cool to see Louis working. Like it was very because cool. he's 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 very unique in, in how he directs. So I was it was really cool to see it like hands on. Yeah. Um, James and I are meeting up again in about two weeks and five don't say days. two weeks is it really two weeks <laughs> two weeks I'm, and five honestly, days i'm starting to sweat now because i'm literally i've got nothing ready for this james uh, like, trying to get just six thousand oh things signed <laughs> <laughs> it's literally if you go in my the room that you stayed in like literally my the so my my the bed is just full of stuff 
Oh, I'm just gosh. like, oh, I need to go through all that. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, why so, do I do this hobby? Three weeks from today, even though it's technically less, it's two weeks and five days when you'll be here, but three weeks from today, yes. James and I will be headed to the Great Conjunction, which is happening at the Hilton in Hollywood for a two-day conjunction, a two-day convention with the original, a lot of the original people who worked on the Dark Crystal and a lot of the people who worked on Age of Resistance. And it's going yeah. to be an event. It's a like, kind of like a bit of an Age of Resistance reunion, really, because yeah. I mean... I think yeah. they've they've near enough got everyone, all of the puppeteers except I think maybe Damien Farrell. So yeah, it's really a, a the AI, from AOR point of view, it's it's a major reunion. Yeah, which should be it's, cool. It's going to be really amazing. It's a once in a lifetime thing. If you're interested in a ticket to purchase to come along, there's going to be an after an after party on. F- saturday night at the hensons yep. it's yep. vip only i think there's still some tickets still available for that james and i will be there james is staying with me but then we're going to be staying with our friend phil who does trial by stone uh and sydney and sydney, and sydney. yeah but uh we're it's staying tr- with it's, phil. yeah it's a trial by stone reunion it is it is it's going to be great and we're really excited about it like the closer we get the more excited about and honestly i'm more excited about meeting the puppets because there's going to be puppets from the films at this convention, like from the original films, from Age of Resistance, all together. I don't know if those puppets have been together before, but I'm going to be like having you take 10,000 photos of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went to the first one here in London. And as someone who was who collects autographs and went to a lot of conventions and kind of went to see a lot of the original cast when they didn't have like dark crystal photos on their table, they were just sort of there for like star Wars. Cause that's what they were most known for to see so many dark crystal fans in one place is a real privilege. And it's kind of really heartwarming to see because there's not as many of us as other fan bases, but I think we're just as passionate. So the first, the, the first one I went to was just, it's just incredible. I just like, I mean, I graphed for like six hours straight. I was absolutely knackered, but like, <laughs> like just seeing fans just mingling and talking and looking at the puppets and meeting the puppeteers and the talks that they do, which are really great. You know, you get to hear stories that they've not talked about since like when they were on set. And it's just such an incredible experience. It's unlike, I think, and what Zay's achieved, it's not like any other con. Like you can go to conv- other conventions where there's lots of mixtures of fandoms, whereas because this is just solely Dark Crystal, there's like there wasn't a sad face in the room. Like everyone was smiling, everyone was buzzing. It was just, mm. you know, it's just a great event. And I, I genuinely, and you know, this is the first one in America, um, and I, I just, I just cannot wait. I literally cannot wait now. I'm it's literally like ticking, ticking, you know, well, seconds James away. cannot wait. But every time I remind him. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> uh, but I will say before we start talking about Skekmal, Zainab, we call her Zay. She is essentially the owner director of Thamescon, which is throwing the great conjunction. She is amazing. She has worked so hard to get this together. She's mm-hmm. been over here twice working with Henson's <clears throat> working with talent, um, doing all sorts of things. Um, she's kind of a one-man band, a one-woman band. Um, mm. There are people who are helping her, like James and I, for certain things. I just really want to give her some appreciation because oh, I know she's, uh, she's kind of 
people know her and they're talking to her, but she is the reason why we're coming together. This is happening because of her and only because of her. Certainly Mm. all of the talent that are coming and all the people who bought tickets, it's happening because of you. But this show, this convention is happening because Zay decided the Dark Crystal in its 40th anniversary year needed a celebration. And so she, she's throwing one. So Yeah. I think what's more important is like, she's one of us. This isn't just like somebody who's doing it for money and like, okay, it's her business, but like she is a genuine Dark Crystal fan. Mm -hmm. And like, I I take my hat off to her because it doesn't matter what time, what time day or night that I text her, you know, because I work night shifts as well. And sometimes I'll text her like two in the morning and she's still up organizing the, the convention like she replies straight away and yeah, i i, uh, I, I badger check- i badger her all the time <laughs> <laughs> i, I she- um texted her the other night or the other day it was day for me um and she responded i'm like why are you up she goes just because it's quiet i can get my work done so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah she's a, she's a genuine fan and like um she she's just so approachable and yes. like if you and, and and a lot of the time she'll ask you for your advice and if and when you give it she doesn't just try to fob you off she takes it on board and 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 hope you know and and makes a better event out of it if you know what I mean. Yeah. So if you're interested in attending this once in a lifetime opportunity, go to <sighs> greatconjunction.com, buy some tickets, whatever you need to do. Uh-huh. It's going to be amazing. You will you never see this over, again. Or you can head over to the ThamesCon Instagram page and there's the link tree from their front page for yep. the tickets. Thames is T-H-A-M-E-S. Not, sounds like T-E-M-S, but it's looks like yeah. Thames, but it's Thames. Which Thames is in the Thames that runs through London. Yeah. I thought it was, I always called it the Thames because, you know, I'm an American. Because it's Thames. Like, You're Americans, man. Like, why is it spelled Thames but it's called Thames? Like, I don't get it, but whatever. What's the what's this ThamesCon? Anyways, on to our show. We're here to talk about Skekmal, which I feel like is a very unique villain for the Dark Crystal world. Mm. Um, And I remember seeing clips of him and thinking that thing is really blanking scary. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever I think of Skekmal, I always think of that. I think it was the second trailer they dropped. They hadn't, they didn't show, I don't think they, didn't, they only showed, pardon me, they only showed a few bits of him in the first trailer. And then the second one, we see this amazing shot where he's running with Rianne. And I remember instantly thinking, why is that Skeksis running? We've never seen that before. He's running like a normal human being, and that's weird and that's scary. <laughs> but yeah, that just took my breath away when I saw that. And, uh, yeah, he's just, I think because because the way they did him, it's so impactful. Like, so the other Skeksis, it's done like a, you know, uh, almost semi-traditional puppet. The, the actor's inside, hand is through into the head, and then your left hand is doing your left arm, and then you have another puppeteer in your, in your armpit doing the right arm. Whereas Skek Mal is essentially a bodysuit. So the puppeteer, Nick Kellington, wears the suit, like you would normal clothing, and then the the head, which is um, remote control, is like a, basically an elaborate helmet that he wears. And then Kevin Clash would perform his mouth from the outer shot. Um, but Nick did some absolutely incredible um, stuff with um, Skekmal. His movements, because um, there's a, I always think there was kind of a risk that because of the way he is, he has to sort of 
overdo everything. So his to emphasize his movement, he has to sort of like go overboard with his movements to make him look more dynamic. But Nick seemed to find this like subtle point in the middle where he didn't look like a caricature or anything like that. He just seemed to nail it. Um, and it's also something, I know it sounds silly, but it's something that actually really annoys me is that when you look at the credits, Nick is just credited as an additional performer. He's not an additional performer. He is he is the puppeteer for Skek Mal. Okay, it's not traditional way of doing puppetry, but he is 100% that character. So I think it's a bit of a disservice by whoever did the credits on Netflix or whatever for saying he was an additional when if you don't have him there, there's no Skek Mal. So, but yeah, Nick did an absolutely amazing job because was, he's yeah. absolutely terrifying. Yeah, he was. And just that voice. I don't know. Who who is the voice of Skek Mal? Uh, Ralph Innocent is okay. uh he's have you ever seen the green knight i have oh he's he's the green knight yes i love that movie yeah. number one yeah um, so he's in he's done quite a lot um of television in this country he's also been in harry potter as well um he's got quite a distinctive voice he does like i wasn't i remember when um uh leading up to the series dropping so someone did in i can't remember what company it was did an interview and they um they got a, a, a voice clip from when the Chamberlain and Skek Mal are talking to each other in the chamber. And I remember hearing him. I was like, oh my God, he's so distinctive. Like, I can't picture him being a Skeksis. But the moment you see Skek Mal, it just totally works. Mm -hmm. It just totally works. Yeah, I, I'm curious. So here's the question that I'll pose for you and certainly masking myself as well. Skek Mal was a risk for them. They're making a Skeksis that is not like any other Skeksis we've seen before. It moves differently. He acts differently. He talks differently. He's more villainous. Um, he's a hunter. Um, were you afraid at all or worried that he wouldn't based off in the early to, in the early like beginning? Like I remember seeing a couple of clips from, of Skekmal thinking, I don't know about this because his movements were very different. They were more human like because instead, like you were saying of the way that they puppet the Skeksis, it was a man in a suit and mm. then he had the thing on. Were you w worried at all based off things that you'd seen that it wasn't going to go over well or were you on board right away? Yeah, so I, I was worried that it would be too human. So part of what I love about Dark Crystal and part of what I enjoy doing is trying to figure out how they've made these characters. So like Jim and Frank uh, famously spoke about on the original movie was like, how do they hide the human form? So like with the mystic, I remember growing up just thinking, I that looks like a real creature. Mm. Like that's not a guy in a suit, even though it is like, it doesn't look like it because he's so low down and so differently, like his positions and his proportions are so weird that it looks real, it looks like its own creature. So I was worried that Skek Mal would come across too human. Mm -hmm. What it ended up being was just because they play, we've talked about this loads of times. It's like, AOR and the designers and the writers always wanted to play in that sandbox, but they never push it too far. But what they did with Skek Mal is you've got this Skeksis that doesn't move like normal Skeksis, but it almost makes the, makes him scarier. It doesn't deter from him because he's so slow. It, it's an advantage because suddenly 
one thing you always felt like with the Skeksis was because they're so laden with all their clothes, you could always run away. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you can't run away from this guy. This guy's just going to follow you. Um, the only the only thing that I think uh, that I don't think worked was when it leads up to the battle with Rian and Ordon. There is a moment where we get a CGI Skek Mal climbing mm-hmm. through the trees. Mm-hmm. And I think he moves too quickly. Yeah, it's a little because fast. he's because he's kind of doing this thing where he's like slithering around the tree and the branches, and then he's like jumping and swinging, and it just the I, I just think it's too much. Yeah, nothing else but in the, the movie in the show moves that quickly. No, unless, it, no. unless it's no. like and, a- and skek and and you know Nick doesn't move that quickly. Like you know when we get to the fight scene, which is absolutely incredible and is yes. one of the best puppetry battles ever ever done yeah like he doesn't move that quick and it's not that he can't he just chooses not to you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. like when like you get to the fight and his 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 all of his attacks are are controlled and it just feels like that was a little bit too much for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting the, uh, i i would agree that i think it was a little bit too quick but aside from that like when Skekmal was on screen and certainly interacting with Rianne or other characters, it almost became a different, it turned into predator or something like he is such mm. a presence yeah. in, in as a villain. I mean, he makes the other Skeksis look like school children, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're is, angry. Yeah. They might do some bad things, but they're not Skekmal. They Skekmal yeah. was really, was really a, a harsh character for the world, but I also feel like, it was needed that we needed something really deathly scary, something to be deathly afraid oh, for of. For sure. And it really, really worked. And I think what was really cool is like what they did with his character was sort of like, he is a Skeksis, but he has his own set of codes. Mm. So he cannot be influenced by the others. It, probably except the Chamberlain because the Chamberlain is so clever. He knows how to use the code to work in his advantage. Whenever that you know, when they when they mention Skekmal, the other Skeksis recoil because they they know that actually if, if they do something that he doesn't agree with, he'd quite happily just dispatch them. Like he doesn't necessarily okay, maybe not dispatch them, but he he would they fear Skekmal. They fear the wrath of Skekmal. Mm. And the one thing that I found really interesting is that I'm not necessarily sure that Skekmal knows that the Skeksis are draining the Gelfling because I think he wouldn't agree with that because whenever we see them, they're never, he never physically, he never sees them doing it. You know, the first time when they call him, they've only, they've only drained Mira and then they send him off on his way and they continue to drain all the castle guards. And then he comes back wounded. So he never physically sees them doing that act. And I wonder if he knew that, whether he'd actually turn on them because he has his own set of rules, mm-hmm. hmm. which I found really interesting. I did too. His own code of his own code of existence, essentially. And yeah. that he couldn't be bothered with the Skeksis kind of infighting and um, their, their own fighting for power in the castle. He was like, I, that's not my thing. My thing yeah. is the hunt. <laughs> uh, and I'm I, not interested, man. Yeah. And that, that one scene where it opens up on on Rianne's eyes and he's upside down and he's yeah. next to that scene is whoo it's brutal it's brutal yeah. even though nothing's happening to him but you don't know i remember 
I didn't know maybe something could happen. And you know that Skekmal could just put his hand on Rian's head and crush it. So you yeah. think he's close to death here. It was just... It's just a really, he's just a really amazing character. And again, to your point about that fight where the gobbles are and that whole scene, it's just amazing. And Mm. that it's like 93% practical, you know, I, I I can't even, and I I think the only, I think the only thing that's CG in that entire fight is when the gobbles are extending to bite. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's actually gobbles and a net there, but I think when they come up and they're trying to bite that CG, mm-hmm. everything else is practical. Yeah, it might be maybe an eye blink here and there might be CG. Yeah, and I think but, the versions of Hup and Deet are being puppeteered by blue screen people wearing blue. But again, it's all practical. They just edited them. They just got rid of them being present from the the, the actual footage. But yeah, it's it's really an amazing thing, and they're yeah. I, the more I talk about it, every time we get on the show and we talk about <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, I got to go watch it. I got to go back. And watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but like going back to his design as well, like it's, it's funny how like what, you know, like um, Dark Crystal influenced a lot of other shows. And whenever you see something, you go, oh, that's very Skeksis or that's very, you know, that's very Dark Crystal, mm-hmm. um, like draining a lot of the time. You, you immediately think of Dark Crystal. But I thought it was quite cool how like, like you were saying a minute ago, he's kind of like pre- the Predator. Like he has this bone mask that hides his real face and yes. then he removes it. You see, but I love the fact that he was more beautiful without the bone mask. I mean, he looks badass with the bone yes. mask, yes. but when you actually see all those like, like rivulet riveted scales that he has or rivuleted, I can't remember pronunciation, but like all those scales layered up, it, the, the, his face is just incredible. Um, it really is. And I love the I- fact that they broke the mask. So he has yes. like this section yes. missing later on, like the Phantom of the Opera or something. He's but he's like, it did, it did, how it, it, so is Phantom of the Opera, isn't it? I it never even thought of that. That's the only <laughs> visual cue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Otherwise, he doesn't sing. He, he doesn't sing, he doesn't sing and he's far more brutal than Eric, <laughs> who is the Phantom. Um, but I, that, to your point, though, when they bro- when the skull breaks and you can see part of him, he even becomes like that is a puppet that I have a hard time looking at. That's how freaky he is to look at. Certainly oh, because really? his, his eyes are a little bit human like too, and his eyes are moving, and you can kind of see it on the. It's just yeah. terrifying. Like I don't know if it's uh, this is how good it is. I don't know if it's practical cg there's like a moment before ordon hits him where he looks up at the sky and it's like a side profile and you get you see his whole eye and the Mm. mask and it's for a split second they kind of imitate um emulate that again later when the archer commits suicide there's a moment where you just catch skekmal's eye as he realizes what Mm. archer has done Mm -hmm. and uh, those shots are just sublime yeah yeah i mean in, in a show that's almost sub- completely sublime yeah it's yeah just, i know right it's, it's just, just amazing peak. i feel like we need to talk about irva in our next episode because we're talking yeah. about skekmal now yeah, Irva's another really amazing character um and I'll tell you what go ahead i just uh no go on go on go on no i was just going to talk about the dynamic between skekmal and the rest of the skexis and mm. of course there's time when skekmal returns to the castle he's got brea in a cage it's very reminiscent of when Agra was brought to the castle in the original film, but mm-hmm. that's kind of the only tip tip of the hat there is. 
But Skekmals, he then collapses and he's near death and they hang him on this. Ugh. Well, first they, I, do they feed him essence first and then hang him or do they? Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they, they try to revive him with Augur's essence because okay. she is Thra yes. and it fails and they hang him up Yes, on that like, like a marionette fix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, and then they, they, the ornamentalist puts all makeup on him and uh it's kind of um it's really grotesque really isn't it it is grotesque to think they'd like hang a dead body trying to make him like reanimate him it kind of you kind of feel like that comes from um the emperor more isn't it this idea that he doesn't want that none of them can die he's so obsessed with they we must not die and that skek mal does and they like hang him up as if say no we're not gonna we're not gonna admit that he's gone we're just gonna have him here with us it's really um macabre yeah yeah it is and just again it's also they're also kind of winking like this is a puppet and it kind of not that he looked yeah, like a puppet, yeah they are not, way, but yeah. they're kind of tipping the hat to puppetry in some ways because he's hung up like a marionette would be but it's yeah. it is grotesque it's not like oh look at the cute puppet i mean this thing is is not like anything that we've seen. And you can tell what I love about the rest of the Skeksis, including the emperor, they're afraid of him, even in mm, the state even of in death. Yes. They're like terrified of him. And I just want to like appreciate everyone involved who brought Skekmal to life, not just the performers and the people who crafted, you know, I don't know who sculpted him, but everyone mm. involved in bringing him to life. It was a big risk for them to do this. It was a risk for them to say, let's do something a little bit different here. Um, let's not just do the same old Skeksis that we've seen. Of course, we have all of the Skeksis that we're familiar with and a couple of new ones that act like Skeksis that we know. Skekmal was different from that. And I think they were really successful in bringing in a new character and incorporating that character into an established world in a way that was believable. And a lot of times people won't take that risk, but they took that risk and it really paid off. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, they've done a good job when you kind of miss him not being in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, and going back to saying, well, like people, yeah, obviously it's a complete joint effort. Like the people that sculpted him, the people that did his makeup, everything, just it, the whole, yeah. and I, what I think I still to this day think is absolute genius and I missed it the first time I watched it is the fact that his clothing then is what Augur yes, wears yes. in the original movie. I literally, I completely missed it. I think you were the one that pointed it out and I was like, oh my God, that is genius. It's just genius. It is genius. It's so clever. Yeah, yeah. That gets into the whole discussion. I mean, as we continue to talk about Skekmal, but how clever they were with telling the story where there was hints and notes of the original film. Even in the first episode, there are some beats that feel like the original film without actually retelling anything from the original film while they maintained a new story. Every Easter egg that appears in this, in the prequel series is so subtle blink and you'll miss it. Like there's no, there's no, I hate to compare it to someone like Marvel, but like Marvel are very much like, look, 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 it's Tony Stark's brother-in-law or whatever. And they have to point it out. So like, like, like beating you over the head with it. Like, you know, for example, there's a, a wonderful shot with all, you know, the opening to episode two, we have that lovely 
up with Augur's assistant where he's getting ready to go to work and he's doing his hair and he's eating his porridge. And he walks into Augur's observatory and it mirrors Jen's entrance into the observatory. Yes, yes. But it's there's nothing else. It's just him walking in. And it's such a wonderful shot. And it's clearly an Easter egg. But I, it's, it did nothing else with it. You just it, It's just the imagery that you get. You know what I mean? You don't have anything mm-hmm. else with it. Yeah, and, and the dialogue um, wasn't, nothing's overly expositional either. And I think no. the writers, they wrote this show hoping and realizing that a lot of people who are going to watch it are familiar with enough with this world. So they don't have to like, this is Augur's Ori and this is why it is and blah, 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 blah. Like lesser writers would have explained that, would have explained what that is. They didn't even yeah. talk there. And there are probably millions of people who saw age of resistance that and, never had seen the original, but they didn't explain yeah. that Ori at all. And what that does is create mystery. That's what, mm. and then, so in order for you to find out what that, Ori is and what that means you have to watch the original film it's pretty good yeah and it, it, it age of resistance expects you to know what you're watching mm-hmm. there's no like episode where it gives you like a big breakdown of what happened in the movie they're like if you're here to watch this you need to have seen the movie like mm-hmm. we're not going to tell you anything like we'll tell you a little bit in the beginning but that's it any places or characters or costumes that you've should recognize if you haven't seen it then you won't know Mm. you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's it expects you to be a fan which is crazy really but yeah i I love it yeah um one thing i found really interesting i got a um i won a um an item in an auction and it had um which was it was a booklet taken from a table read and uh it has um some information about skek mal that is different from what we got essentially. So I'll just read a little paragraph out. So it says, uh, badly injured by the heretic in episode 107 and later rebuilt and upgraded by the scientists using pieces of spiders and bits of what will become Gartham armor. In a sense, the hunter is the proto Gartham. Now that is That's clearly awesome. completely different from what we got in the series. Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. kind of find that really interesting that at some point he would have been like there they would have used him to become a Gotham. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense too, knowing who Skekmal was, to however much we knew, that yeah. they didn't need the Gartham at that time, but also because they had Skekmal. So if they really needed something, if they really needed, mm. like they could just dispatch Skekmal, the emperor could, and Skekmal yeah. would bring them to the castle. But of course, with the death of Skekmal and the the Gelfling uprising, they realized we need a, a larger army. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the menace that Skekmal has is so much like the Gartham. Absolutely. Yeah, the same energy, isn't it? Mm. Like I always remember in the original movie, like that's one of the things that stands out is the is the Gartham and how destructive and how helpless you feel against him. And that's mm. kind of replicated when he comes for Rian at the end. So when he's re, he's sort of reanimated. And he believes that he's, you know, he's completely invincible and no one can stop him because he's he's absorbed all of Thra. You know, and he grabs Rian and he's yes. like about ready to snap his neck in front of yeah. all his friends and family. Um like they all just stand there helpless. They're like, there's literally nothing we can do about this. Like Rian will die. And it's only when Irvar realizes, you know, there's only one way I'm gonna stop this. 
I, I can't kill him with, you know, with physical violence because I'm not strong enough to do it. But if I take my own life, then I can end this. The hunt will end. And I've, I just love that. I, for me, it's the peak of the series. Minerva, with the music, I think the music that, um, I've forgotten the composer's name. The music, when Daniel he gets Pember up on that ledge. Pemberton? Yeah, that's it. Daniel Pemberton, isn't it? Yeah. Um, when he gets up on that ledge and he drops off and Skek Mal realizes what he's done, it's just, I just, <laughs> that is like my favorite part of the series. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I will tell you that one moment, the scariest moment for me in the in the show, was when at in that moment right before you see, like you said, Skekmal's hand on Rian's. I keep wanting to call Rian Jin. That's how similar they are. Skekmal's hand is on uh, Rian's head, and I'm thinking, where is this going? Like, what yeah. are they about and to he, do? And, like, and he I the twist. Yes, and you can yes. you can kind of hear like his armor going. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember um, watching the live broadcast of when Lisa Henson and Louie were at the New York convention, and mm. one of the things Louie says is, there are a lot of Gelfling deaths, and so knowing, that having that information, <laughs> yeah. seeing that for the first time, I'm like, he's about to snap his skull, and we're going to see this on TV. He's yeah. a gunner. Yeah, uh, so I was like kind of wincing, and the way Louie said that during the that convention talk that he had i just was like oh man this is gonna get brutal and it wasn't as brutal as i thought i mean certainly they died and the way they killed the all madra and everything that was mm. br there's brutal things happening um yeah. so i was prepared to see rian perish fortunately he didn't but it was a rough scene man yeah definitely i think i think it was great skekmal has some just some just great moments and it's and it's not necessarily him with any of the main characters i mean you look at that scene where it's him and rakia and the other two do San. And he's like, you know, where are the other travelers? Where are the other travelers that were with you? And they won't tell him. And he and he's like, Well, what about him then? And he throws that girlfriend yes. off the cliff. Yeah. And he's just so he just like in the tone is just straight away. He's just like, God, this guy's so brutal. Yeah. And then yeah. the one next to him like blurts out, she's like, They're the circle of the suns. Like she's so <laughs> please don't kill me. Like we I mean, we assume we have to assume that both Rekir and that other do are dead as well. Like you can't, I can't imagine Skekmal leaving them alive. You know I'm what sure I mean? Rick like, here is alive. I'm nah, sure. he's dead, mate. He killed no. him. You he think? killed that sucker. Rick yeah. here's pr pretty. He's pretty smart. He's one of my favorite nah, characters, man. which we'll have to talk he's, about him. Just because he's handsome, nah, dispatch him, man. I, I don't, no don't care about this guy. <laughs> just get rid of him. Rick here and Freckles. Just kidding. Yes. Yeah. Skekmal <laughs> yeah. Skek cut his head off. That's yeah, that's could fact, be. By the way, that's a, that's it? an exclusive. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, I say, please don't. I, I just love the mystery of the Doosan. I really love the mystery. And it was so yeah, well embodied. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Theo James, but d damn, was he right for that, for the voicing yeah. that character and yeah, the way, yes. like, it was just amazing. Yeah. When he's like, um, these arms, these hands and arms don't belong to me. Take them. They're yes. They belong to Thra. Like, he's like, where he just like, he doesn't care. Like, he's like, this body, this is even in my body. Like I just belong to throw. You can you can threaten me all you like. I know where yeah. I'm going. Yeah. You know where you're going. You're going nowhere. Yeah. If you where do you go if you die? Like it was. I just yeah. I just love that toing and throwing. Yeah, um, it was a great. It was a great moment of dialogue between this 
this character Skekmal who lords death over his victims as something scary and a possible victim saying what you are offering to me does not frighten me so do what you need to do and it kind of makes Skekmal back down from him a bit which is why I think yeah. Rekir is still alive yeah I, yeah I, yeah I think he I think because he um he uh what's the word he um he acknowledges acknowledges yes. his strength doesn't he yeah, and he, he sees, a, he sees someone with the, see some, yeah, he sees someone who's uh, e an equal, isn't he? Yeah, rather than you know, the guy threw off a cliff. <laughs> that, that moment too, again, <laughs> to that moment, I was not prepared for just how brutal that moment was. I mean, oh, yeah. Toss him, and I, I'm thinking like, and I, of course, I started watching the Dark Crystal as a small child, as you did. Mm. But there's nothing that I mean. No, they stab Kira in the back in in yeah, that's brutal, crystal. Huh? So that is pretty brutal. But I just wasn't expecting it. It just wasn't expected to me, which I yeah. love. I l hate predicting and expecting things. And so when I see this Gelfling just being tossed off this cliffside, I was just like, "Oh my God! This this Sexus is not playing." And it was a, yeah. a really delightful uh, moment uh, and terrifying. And it's cool that you see like a, a, an element that we haven't spoken about is the fact that Skekmal uses all four arms. Mm. So all the other Skeksis, they're all there are the, the other two arms on their back are kind of always hidden away. Uh, it, uh, yeah, it's only really seen in the original movie when they strip the Chamberlain. But with Skekmal being different again, it's like, well, how do we make him different from the other Skeksis? Oh, we'll, we'll have him be so strong that his back arms can have blades as well. Which is just and going back to that fight with Ordon and and Rian, like it's it's just incredible. Mm. I look there's like one shot where he just looks so amazing is when Ordon has broken his uh, mask and he's like bent and uh, Ordon and Rian are like reunited and they're having like a moment and Skekmal rises up and lifts both arms and then his back arms come out as well. And what's the line that he says? He says, um, um, is it fine then father and son or something? Mm. And it's just, oh, and that just goes into the fight again. And it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I got to watch the show now when we're done. I just have to. I think Nick Keller, <laughs> I think Nick Keller, uh, Neil was talking about how when they were doing that, that, um, oh no, I'll tell you what it was. When, when I think Neil says this in an interview is when, when Rian's fighting in Stone in the Wood in the final episode and Skekmal comes running in, he grabs Rian. He, uh, he ha obviously, Neil is puppeteering Rian under the floor, under the floor, under the rosters. And <laughs> Nick grabs, because Nick's running, he grabs Rian so hard that he nearly, nearly dislocated Neil's shoulder. Oh, shoot. Wow. Because <laughs> he wow. just grabs Rian and he forgets yeah. that his arms are. <laughs> Neil's like, oh, oh. <laughs> But yeah, one so of they the, had to um, kind of they probably had to like choreograph it so Neil's letting go at the time. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Neil, so yeah, so essentially, Nick has to drag Rian off Neil's arm as he runs past. Hmm. But um, yeah, That's all crazy. in the name of filmmaking, hey? Yeah, I, I, and I feel like uh, Skekmal will go down as 
a classic character of cinema, even though it's a show. I mean, it's it's a TV show, but it's not like regular TV. There, it's a movie. I mean, it's it's like a long ten hour movie. But mm. Skekmal is such an original character and so menacing. He is what Darth Maul could have been, in some ways. Yeah, if Darth Maul had been given actual screen time. Um, yeah. he's just a legendary character. I mean, you could make you could there could be a whole comic series on Skekmal's exploits. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. and some brutal stuff. Maybe you have him chasing Gelfling. Maybe there's a Gelfling who's a warrior who he's facing off against. There's so much story that they could tell with that character. Well, I mean, if you look at even the skull, right? The skull isn't Skeksis or anything. It's a creature's skull, right? Yes, a, a, yes. a unknown creature's skull. I think it just says a lizard in the behind the scenes book. Even on his, even on his belt, he's got several heads of different. You know, like when um. Yes. In, um is it um, Amazonian culture where they did the shrunken head thing? They look very similar to that. I think you know, it's, like, v- it's voodoo, isn't it? Or yeah, I think where it's they like shrink um, heads. Yeah, it's um, uh, Mayan culture. I think did yeah. that. But Not yeah, positive. he's got all these. He's got all these heads of unknown people and creatures just hanging off his belt. So there's a whole again. There's a whole series of backstories and side things that you could have gone into mm-hmm. that we just don't know about, which mm-hmm. just makes him even more. Um, Lush, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Enriched. And, um, yeah, again, just the magic of his transformation or Agra's transformation from his body, which was mm. a practical effect, mm-hmm. uh, was really, really amazing and dynamic and just, yeah, I, oh, it's it's just amazing. I, I, it's funny, epic. Whenever, it is ep- absolutely epic. It's just epic. epic. Whenever we get, whenever we talk about this recording a show, I'm, all, I'm like, okay, we're going to record a show. Uh, my my first thing is like, okay, how much are we going to talk about this? How much can I talk about this? And then we get on the show and here we are. <laughs> I don't know why I question I it every time. But although, although. It's, it's I, really I, the thing I struggle with sometimes as well is like I get so I get so excited to talk about this and, and my emotions and my passion for this is so strong that I, I, I worry that I sometimes say amazing a lot because <laughs> I'm just so invested in these yes. characters and the people it, yeah. that made this show. It just... I, it just comes out of me. I just yeah. cannot sing it praises enough. I hear you. I say absolutely all the time. So, and I, that's just part <laughs> of who I am. So people just have to deal with it. And do you um, know, and, and do you know, what? and it's, and there's also a downside to that as well, because like I was sat in the cinema today, I went to the cinema, see Black Adam, uh, irrelevant, but, and there was a trailer for the new Avatar movie. Right. And I looked at that and I just thought, do you know what? Jim Cameron is just doing exactly what Jim Henson did, mm-hmm. but with CG. Yeah. And yet that's a multi-billion pound product. And yeah. Yet, and Dark yeah. Crystal. And, yeah. You know what I mean? It's exactly Absolutely. the same thing. It's just yeah. world building on a, on a massive scale. So he built, I think we spoke about this before, you know, he built Pandora first and then wrote this, you know, you can argue it's just Pocahontas, but you know what I mean? He mm-hmm. built Pandora first and the creatures and then the story came to, and it's exactly what Jim did. Yeah. It's exactly I, I what Jim agree. had there. And I just feel cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I feel sad for other fans. I feel that, sad that for fans Jim. that come into this, you know, Yeah, yeah. that we don't get more because yeah. it deserves more. Yeah, we won an it won an Emmy. I know we yeah. talk about it all the time, but it's just I just feel it deserves better. It deserves better recognition. Maybe they'll announce something interesting. Maybe they'll announce an actual movie. Like I honestly think, uh, as we wrap this show up, I honestly think they're going to have a movie. 
It's not going to be a show. It's going to be like a three-hour movie to, to tell that story. And um, hopefully it'll be live action. That's what I really mm. believe. I don't think yeah. – I think if another service picks it up, they're like, yes, we, we'd love to tell the story. We, we, we love the original film, and they're going to make a – maybe a little bit of a longer, maybe even a limited three-part series or something like that to finish the story. Um, but you're right. Uh, uh, it deserves more. It, it is a story that was partially, and we'll always talk about this, it was a story that is unfinished. And um, instead, of, instead of honoring legacy, they honored viewership, essentially. And mm. uh, we, we lost out, but yeah. I think... I think um... It was also a two two edged blade, wasn't it? I mean, like it was amazing that Netflix gave them the money to do it all, but also seeing since it was made how financially difficult Netflix is in. So it's kind of like that, not because of Dark Crystal, like they were always going that way anyway, because they struggle to unlike other platforms like Amazon where you can rent movies and stuff. It's literally if you if they don't own it, they don't show it. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. very or if they do it's very limited and it costs them lots of money to, it's just netflix is in such a hole at the moment it yeah, kind of like done it to themselves they've really done yeah it oh yeah i'm not blaming I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but like i think there, it's nothing to do with the product that they made agreed, agreed. it's a hundred percent to do with the state that the company's in and i think honestly if you look at Age of Resistance and certainly other shows on Netflix. Age of Resistance doesn't even feel like it belongs on Netflix. There's oh, no, nothing else like it. Not no, just like... because there's no other puppetry. There are some other shows in here and there, and there's like uh, uh, Love, Death, and Robots, and there's some really mm. great things. Why the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance doesn't feel like it belongs to Netflix is because it's so well made, honestly. Yeah. Not to say that there's not some great, well made things on Netflix. Netflix is like Walmart, where you go into Walmart, or I don't know what the. Uh, equivalent is in England something mark what is it like something mark post yeah, well, I think Walmart's like Asda here oh is it okay well I think so with the, you go into Walmart there's a lot of cheaply made things um, there's some good stuff there too but you have to dig for it but it's in a it's in a bin full of cheaply made things yeah. that feel cheaply made that look cheaply made the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is a shining star Diamond in the rough. Diamond in the rough, city on a hill, whatever you want to call it. And it doesn't almost belong on the, on the service. It's that good. And it still boggles my mind that they made something that incredible with puppets in two years or so. I mean, it was probably a little longer than two years, less than the time that they took to make the original. (laughs) It's just so flawless. It's so flawless. And I, again, I I don't even, it doesn't even belong on Netflix. It belongs somewhere else. With people who really understand what they have, and Netflix has. And you know, I'm so surprised that they've that they've chosen to do that new Pinocchio adaptation as well. I think the only reason they've done again, that's with the Jim Henson company. They made the mm-hmm. puppets. Mm-hmm. I'm so surprised that uh, I think the only reason they did it is because Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. That's the only reason. I think because he tried to get it made as an official movie, mm-hmm. and I don't think it didn't get any buyers. And then Netflix were like, "Yeah, we'll pay, we'll do it." So I think. You know what I mean? It just seems yeah. so odd. I hope Netflix releases that in theaters for a week before, just so yeah, the movie it is can, going. It is going. Is it okay? Yeah, just I so don't it can know get, if it's like some recognition because they've been working on that. I think our friend Rob. Yeah, so years ago, didn't they? Yeah, he's like six or seven years ago. I mean, that's how long these these shows take. I mean, Leica mm-hmm. is. 
probably the only studio out there working exclusively in stop motion and their yeah. films they've started four and five years ago and so now they're in this this rhythm where they have movies that are made and finished um, yeah 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 because like stop motion is just as time consuming as puppetry yep absolutely if not more so probably mm. yeah well, with I think that, that yeah that, that, that that's a it. natural conclusion i do believe yes i would agree thank you everyone for listening uh i don't know well we'll probably you'll probably hear from us again before the convention and then you'll hear from us after the con- actually no you probably this won't hear from us no, again no. yeah i'm are thinking doing, are we doing a recording at the convention let's will do it time for that or maybe um maybe and we're just spitballing here people so listen along maybe when we're in the <laughs> hotel room that night the first night maybe Ooh. friday night if we're not too um off of our trolleys with with, we, with with young philip yeah with young philip and we can just record an episode with the three of us that sounds like a good idea yeah sorry yeah. sydney <laughs> just that sounds like a good idea yeah so uh listen up we, we don't know for sure we're just again throwing out some ideas thank you guys for listening i, I am in, i am in bed by nine o'clock though so just say so remember that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sound like me i'm usually in bed by like nine as well but i'm like high on edibles um, <laughs> anyways thank you guys for listening and we'll thanks a lot back uh at some point cheers guys bye if you'd like to get in contact with the show you can do so at dark crystal podcast at gmail.com like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Dark Crystal Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Dark Crystal Podcast and on Twitter at Dark Crystal Pod. Thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone. <laughs>